As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Hey, Michael, uh, let me ask you something. Have you ever been told that you can't do something? Maybe you had this big ambitious plan, but people just, I don't know, didn't believe in it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's happened many times in the past. I think I think everyone's had to deal with that, especially if you've anyone who's ever tried something entrepreneurial, whoever's kind of stepped out. But yeah, I can think of a couple times in my life where that's happened. Okay. Well, I, I know sometimes things don't go as we plan, but... Let me ask you this. Have there been any times where things did go as planned? They went just how you thought it would. You set that goal and you actually nailed it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes the journey isn't perfect, right? But um, but yeah, absolutely have achieved some of those end goals that people didn't think we could. And those naysayers then? Oh, they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how did it feel to know that they were wrong? And, it, and in that case, you were right. I'm not going to lie. It's one of the best feelings in the world. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Well, today, uh, one of the confessions we're going to hear from, it's from somebody that's in a very similar situation. Uh, but we also have another confession where they're in a much different spot. All right. Well... Let's get into it then. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. So we have a confession from somebody who's been told they can't do something, but then they went out and did it. Is that right? That is pretty much the case, yeah. All right. Well, good for them. But, you know, hey, not everything goes as planned in every single case. And so, of course, we're going to hear from somebody else who feels that they're in a different place. Um, and look, most of us, we've probably been in both of these situations. So I think it's fitting that we're going to hear confessions sort of on both ends of the spectrum here today. For sure. And who do we have with us this week 
to help us dissect these confessions. Well, we have somebody who, if you've been paying attention to VC Twitter, so to speak, in the past year or so, you've probably come across him. His name is Mac Conwell, and he's managing director at Rare Breed Ventures, a fund that's committed to investing in founders mostly outside of the major tech hubs. Oh, Mac's great. He's also the co-host of Inside Business Podcast from the team at Inside. How's it going, guys? It's great to be here. I feel like I'm on the Mike and Mike show, you know, like, 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 like it's like a dream. <laughs> come true uh but it's great to be here it's uh mckeever conwell most people know me as mac if you follow me on twitter it's mac the vc your favorite vc's favorite vc by the way if you're interested in investing in a venture firm go to rarebreed.vc right now and click the button become an lp you must be an accredited investor for our minimum check size is 10k we're here for everybody okay well let's get right into these confessions with mac uh, this first one it's actually about this founder's interaction with a VC that this person had in the past. And really, the person making this confession has a bit of a chip on the shoulder. Yeah, you could say that. Let's hear the actor we've hired to portray this confession. One we're calling, I told you so, Mr. VC. I'm the co-founder of an early stage startup company that's been around since 2017. We just closed another big funding round that will bring us close to have raised a total of $50 million. We're not quite a unicorn in terms of our valuation, but we're getting close. We are generating good revenue. Our team is happy. We haven't made it quite yet, but we are well on our way and feeling good about the future. And we're doing this all from a mid-sized city in Michigan. Michigan obviously isn't known to be the mecca of technology companies, but most of our team doesn't actually live in Michigan. When we were raising capital early on as a company, I remember one VC meeting we had in the Bay Area that lasted all of about 10 minutes. The managing partner told us in no uncertain terms that if we wanted to be considered for funding from his company, we would have to move to the Bay Area. We just wouldn't be able to grow fast unless we did. He also told us that our remote-friendly plan for hiring was a bad one. Remote-first companies couldn't work. Both comments really got to me. There are certainly fast-growing companies everywhere, not just in the Bay Area. And it's not like we were the first company to adopt a remote-first approach. Anyway, here's my confession. Just after we closed this last round, I decided to email the VC and give him a piece of my mind. I wasn't going to, but when I saw a series of tweets from him on why entrepreneurs should move to Miami because you can operate a successful business from anywhere, well, it put me over the edge a bit. So I created a burner account and emailed him anonymously. I won't get into everything I said, but I feel better for it. Right after that email, I opened our bank account and saw that the wire transfer from our new round finally came through. I took that as a sign from above that I did the right thing. Okay, there is so much going on here. And hey, I remember certain investors telling me that Hey, you have to be in the Bay Area to be successful with your tech startup. And then I've seen those same investors bragging about Miami, uh, just mm -hmm. like the VC <laughs> in question did. So maybe it's even the same VC. I have no idea. <laughs> well, Mac knows that entrepreneurs can be successful anywhere. So I'm really eager to hear what he has to say about this one. What crossed my mind was, one, good for you, founder, right? But two was sometimes I think founders believe or have this conception that VCs or all VCs are really smart. We're not. Generally speaking, we're very, most of us are generalists. We might be really smart in some areas, but at the end of the day, when we talk about pattern matching, all it means is that we're looking for things that remind us of other things we've seen work before. So if we haven't seen it work before, we just automatically default to like, it probably can't work. It doesn't mean that it can't work. 
right? It just means we haven't seen it work. And so we automatically get scared of that. Um, what I would say in the whole, you know, confession is, you know, most of, you know, as an investor, you can only invest in so many companies. So like, I'm going to skip out on far more companies that I ever invest in. And there are plenty of companies I'm going to miss out on that are going to do great. And you know what? Throw it back in my face. That's fine. If I miss <laughs> out, I miss out. But also, you know, I understand the feeling of taking it personal because when you're building a company, it's your baby. You know, I've, I've built two companies. I know the feeling. But at the end of the day, do not put so much credence into what a VC says or what a VC tells you, right? Like at the end of the day, it's your business. The goal is to grow a successful business. The goal is not to raise venture capital, right? Like raising venture capital is only a portion of the process. Um, and so I feel like, you know, he took, whoever this person was, took it very personal and responded in a very personal way. And like, good for them. But like, at the end of the day, did it really matter? Like the VC told them all that crap, but nothing stopped that founder from getting to the end goal, right? And that's what matters, right? The best founders who are building the best companies who have a little bit of luck and some timing, those last two pieces are really important, you know, always have a shot to make it no matter where they are. But I can't understand the frustration of you meeting an investor and them telling you that, hey, you can only grow a company in Silicon Valley. And then years later, seeing them put out a tweet like, you can get a company anywhere. <laughs> like, yeah, it would piss me off too. <laughs> that part would definitely annoy me, I for sure. But you, I mean, you bring up an awesome point. It's like any investor, you're definitely, you can't invest in all of them. You know, you're going to invest in a very small portion of them. And this particular entrepreneur seems like maybe maybe has a little chip on his shoulder for for whatever reason. But, you know, I guess in this case, it kind of has, I guess sometimes that could let it fuel yourself to, you know, want to prove everybody wrong. I wouldn't, you know, it's like when I saw this, my take is I get it. I totally get it, especially the part about, you know, again, you could do it from anywhere. It's like, well, that's not what you told me, you know, just two years ago. But sometimes like harboring so much negative stuff isn't going to sometimes it can negatively impact you too. So I, I, yeah, to me, it's like, they might want to try to keep it balanced, you know, try to just to the point you made before. It's like, not every, not every investor is going to have everything right. We sometimes look at investors like on a pedestal, like having this celebrity status, but yeah, that I, I, everything you said made sense to me. The remote thing could have been a cop out too. I mean, there could have been other mm. things about the business. The investor didn't like, they kind of leaned on the remote because it was easy at the, at the time to, to let you go because of of something like remote. But I, I would be, you know, I, I'd be curious if there was other things going on in the investors head that that they passed on the opportunity for better or worse. I'm sure, Mac, when you let people off the hook, do you always tell them the, the full truth? So, you know, that's a great that was a great point you brought up. Um, no, we don't always tell them the full <laughs> truth, right? We, we give them a reason on why we pass, and we try to give a very honest and open reason, but we don't give mm -hmm. them all the reasons, right? You right. know, right. like, like I'm not going to tell a founder, like, you know, we passed because when we had our meeting, I noticed that you and your co-founder kept talking over each other, and it seemed like team chemistry wasn't mm -hmm. really great. Well, like, that's probably not something I'm going to say in a response about why we passed. It might be more to, like... We're not excited about, you know, the market and we see the market as a shrinking one, which is a very true answer, right? Like that's part of the reason why we pass. But we only give you like one or two of the reasons why we pass. We won't give you the laundry list of all the reasons why we pass. Right. right. So always good to keep in mind, right? We're going to hear a hundred no's when we're raising and that's okay. You find the people you align with. I would hate to have this investor on my board 
and then have them doubt our business the entire time. A hundred percent. That would be an even worse situation. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Okay, well, we go from someone who's in a great spot to someone who at least they feel like they're not. Well, we've all been on the other end, too. Let's let's hear this one out. This confession is one we're calling, I'm not killing it. And hey, sometimes we're not. Okay, I have a confession to make. Here it is. All of those times when you hear an entrepreneur telling you they're killing it and that things couldn't be better, well, they're lying. At least when I say that to people, that's how it is for me. Just last night, I was taking part in this Zoom event for entrepreneurs in my area, and each one of us had 30 seconds to say hello and drop an update about our company. All of the updates from everybody was so positive. The whole time, I was just thinking, should I be real here? Should I mention how I haven't paid myself for six months? And how the only other developer in our company just left us? And how we're still not sure if our product is actually on track? By the time it got to me, all I could say was, things are great, we just had a big month. Definitely looking up. Everybody else had good news to share. I didn't want to be the only one to be such a downer. So I just kept things all shiny and bright. Look, nobody is killing it all the time. No, no. And I can totally relate to this person because you know, when you see somebody in an event or you get matched up with somebody in some Zoom networking session these days and they ask that question, hey, how are things going? Like, what are you supposed to say <laughs> if things actually aren't going that well? Yeah, it, it's not easy to be so open in the moment like that. Well, I imagine Mac has been there before, too. Let's let's hear his take on this one. You know, I, I got PTSD because, you know, running a car startup is hard, can be lonely. You know, we always saw, hear this trope about fail fast. You know, failing sucks. Getting no yeah. suck. You know, losing customers, losing employees, having arguments with co-founders, you know, losing co-founders, like all these things that happen. And like, here's the thing, right? I don't, entrepreneurship's not fun. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done. It's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. But I don't think I could ever classify it as fun. There's fun moments. There are moments you get to be in like exclusive rooms and go to exclusive parties. And those are cool. But when you leave that party, you come back to a pile of emails at work and a to-do list that grows so long you can never catch up, right? And, you know, it reminds me of a story of um, there's this, uh, uh, this guy, he's a Baltimore angel. He's an angel investor here in Baltimore. He's part of a group called the Baltimore Angels. And he sold this company to Texas Instrument years ago, right? So I was, I was, I was talking to one day, I was like, what was the best part about selling your company? Like, like, like what happened? What was like the best feeling you got out of it? He said, the day after I sold my company, I no longer had to worry about payroll. That was the best feeling ever. Mm. Mm. And I was like, you mean to tell me <laughs> you put in all this work to get to the point where you can get, you know, independently wealthy and, you know, have all the money that you wanted and all that good stuff. And the only thing you worried about is like, you didn't have to worry about payroll anymore. Mm. <laughs> that sounds like such a terrible existence at times. That's why all entrepreneurs are crazy. Like we're, we're crazy. Like this is, this is what makes us who we are. Are there, are there conversations that you have with the, the founders uh, that you've invested in that kind of breaks down some of these kind of like, always killing it myths? Oh, yeah. I mean, I talk to my founders fairly regularly about just how are they doing? You know, how mm -hmm. are they handling and how are they doing with things mentally? You know, how are they handling with things during times of COVID? You know, you know, uh, I tell everybody, like, as you get into this, it's real easy to become a workaholic, right? To always be going. But like, whatever you do to de-stress, you can never stop that. 
Like if, yeah. if your thing to de-stress is meditation, if it's yoga, if it's going for a run, if it's playing video games, if it's DJing for a bunch of your friends on Twitch, I don't care what it is. Whatever it is, you got to do that. Right. Yeah. And if it means like you need to hire yourself a personal assistant to take some of the work off of you, that's fine. Like me and the board and your investors, we, we will okay that. Right. If you need to get yourself a life coach, if you get to get yourself a workout coach to help make sure you get, get yourself healthier, you know, whatever it is that you need to do to be in the best frame of mind and best place for you personally, it's so important. Cause like this is it's just so hard. Like people always say, you know, like it's a race or it's like, it's, it's not a sprint. It's not really true. It's a marathon full of mini sprints, right? Like you're always yeah. you're either running and then you have moments of walking, and then you're running again. Right. And so, but you need to be able to measure that out because if you try to sprint the entire time, you will burn out and it will be nasty and you will not feel good. And then you'll get better and you'll do it all over again until you burn yourself out. Right? Like <laughs> it, that is the cycle. We've all lived it. Right. Like, like, need to break that cycle so like i talk to my founders about that kind of stuff a lot yeah no that's good i know for for me you know I, and i'm a bootstrapped entrepreneur now but my last venture that i had you know we went the route of raising angel capital and from one vc and like having other entrepreneurs that were sort of at different stages even not just my stage but having other people for me to talk to to be real to not just it's not just the like you know, stuff you say when you're at a tech event, but like to actually say, actually, this week sucks because of whatever reason, X, Y, Z. That was so helpful to me. I'm curious, like Mac, even going back to your entrepreneur days, like was that kind of thing helpful to you? Like having other people to talk through? It's important. It's like critical, right? Like it's hard as an entrepreneur because all your friends and family members are always going to shower with your praise and, and be so impressed with you. And they're all going to think you have a bunch of money that you don't have but none of them will be able to understand anything you go through day to day, right? Mm. Like the, some of the decisions you have to make, some of the things you have to deal with, some of the stuff you have to worry, like you just, like nobody else is going to understand that, but other entrepreneurs will. So you need to have a circle of entrepreneurs who are in the same stage as you and the stage above you and even the stage before you that you can talk to, to get advice from, to get help from, to just vent to who is going to be able to talk through and understand, you know, some of the situations you're going through. Like, you know, who do you go to when you have a company and your top uh, engineer who's amazing has built like 65% of your code also just likes to sit and code in front of the women's bathroom? Mm. Like, like, that's the real story. I know an entrepreneur had to deal mm. with this, right? Like, like, who are you supposed to ask, right? Like, what's your mom going to tell you about that? Like, like how are you going to have that conversation, right? Like, it's just like, huh. Or even more so, like, conversations of you meet with, like, here's one scenario. Like, this happened for me. I met with an investor. They're like, cool, we like what you're doing. We're in for 250 at this valuation. But I knew that the biggest day of the year, because we were in e-commerce at the time, was coming up. You know, Black Friday's on the horizon. I'm like, I could always just wait four to six weeks, hit Black Friday and see how well we do, and then go back out mm -hmm. to the market and raise far more money in better terms. Or should I take this money right now? Cause I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to take money again. Like that's a like that's a real decision I had to make. Right. And I talked to a bunch of people about it, but I talked to other entrepreneurs. Right. And here's the other thing. Right. No matter how many people I talked to, I still had to make a decision. That's <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And so, you know, I, but it was helpful having people I could talk to who had been through or understood the situation I was in. Like, you know, if you go talk to like your best friend from college, you're gonna be like, you should take the money. What you mean? They offer you 250,000. Like, <laughs> a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Like, it's, it is, but it's not really in the world that we're in. Like, right. 
right. of giving up more <laughs> equity. Like, so you're not going to take the 250? Like, <laughs> I could get a million in like six weeks. Was that million guarantee? <laughs> and of course, their their comparison right. is Shark Tank, <laughs> right. right? Like the I'm just speaking generally, like the public outside of entrepreneurs, right? Exactly, right. And so, like, you need entrepreneurs you can talk to about those situations. We'll be right back after a quick break. Okay, so two very different kinds of confessions here, sort of covering the entire spectrum of entrepreneurship, really. Hey, that's how it goes sometimes. Heck, some people can feel the way that each of these people felt in the very same day sometimes. (laughs) It's just how entrepreneurship goes. Yeah, you're not lying. I've definitely been there myself, too. (laughs) Anyway, as always, we should finish the episode with one big takeaway from each of us. What comes to mind for you? Okay, I'm going to go with that last confession that I'm not killing it because I have definitely been there. I think we've all been there. I think the big takeaway for me is that we should understand that not everybody is killing it all of the time. Most likely that entrepreneur that you just asked, hey, how are things going? Well, it's hard for them to answer that question because if things aren't going so well, They might be scared to tell you how things are going and maybe they're exhausted. Maybe, maybe they're hopeful too, but look, not everybody has had their best day, week or month right at that moment that they're talking to you. So my ask to everybody out there is rather than asking that question, Hey, how's it going? Uh, Just try something else (laughs) altogether. Um, Maybe it's like, Hey, what's a big challenge for you right now? Anything I can help with? Like asking something like that actually shows that you care. Um, If you're asking hey, how are things going? Let's be honest. You don't really want to know the answer to that question sometimes. So I don't know that my big takeaway again, it just comes down to the fact that not everybody's killing it all the time. And let's try to help those people. I like that. I like that. Let's skip the how it's going and go with more. How can I help? That's great. Yes. Yes. So what about you, Michael? What's your big takeaway? Well, I'll go all the way back to that first takeaway, I told you so, Mr. VC. And well, there's a lot going on here. I could say that the big takeaway is that, yes, you can absolutely start a company from anywhere and be successful with it. You don't have to be in the Bay Area or Miami, I guess, wherever the cool kids are living at the moment. But I'm actually going to speak to that entrepreneur who felt the need to write that VC back. There's nothing wrong with having a bit of a chip on your shoulder. Hey, if it helps to fuel you, then great. But don't put too much weight onto that single interaction or really any single interaction you're going to have. VCs are simply making bets, but not every bet that they make wins. In fact, what, 90% of them fail. And certainly they miss out on a lot of great companies. And in this case, you were one of them. So there's really no need to get too worked up about one person's opinion. Move on. Don't let it eat at you. And dominate your headspace yeah unless you maybe you're the type of person that needs that kind of thing to motivate you i guess i don't know (laughs) i mean we all need something right (laughs) that was uh that was michael jordan's whole thing but i bet you don't really need that just Mm. keep pushing and you can get where you want to be and let your work kind of speak for itself. You don't have to send that email. I like that. I like that. I think that's a great takeaway. Um, and yeah, I, I think this is a good place for us to break. So we will do that. We'll be back again next week. For Michael Saka, this is Mike Belsito, and this is Rocketship.fm. 
Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.